0: Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Good morning. Great to see everybody. Hope you guys are having an awesome, awesome Sunday and welcome to Life West. If you did not know, our mission is to see you equipped, empowered to be and do all that God has for you. you know, there's, there's a lot more than just like, okay, you're saved, now go to heaven. God's got a plan for you right now. And it's to make a difference. And one of the ways that we do that is every month we offer something called Growth Track. You probably heard Xavier mentioning, hey, after that second song, you guys are dismissed. And what Growth Track is, is it's a four-week class that happens during the service. And it happens in the, uh, I call it the BTS room behind the stage. So right out, there's a room right back there. And you can head back to, during service. Ryan, are you serious? Oh my goodness, whatever. So there's a room behind me, growth track, get back on track. And what it is, so there's four weeks, and so while service is going on, you go back there, find out who God made you to be, find out what your gifts and talents are, and then how to use those to make a difference in, in the kingdom of God. And I highly, highly encourage every single person to go through it. It starts over every month. The first sign of the month is class one. And you're like, well, do I have to set aside an entire month and just make sure I'm here? Well, you should be here anyways. But if you happen to not and you miss one, then you can come back the next month and just say, okay, what week did I miss and jump in there and get it. It does make a little more sense in sequence. But I honestly, I would just tell you to jump in and get started. It's an amazing class to help you know how to make a difference. Find those gifts, talents, and what you can do with them. But we're in a series and we're going through Galatians. And I have really, really enjoyed this, and we're actually going to start in Galatians chapter 3, but what we've been looking at is what, what God was saying through the Apostle Paul. The Bible is written, it was authored by God, written by man, as the Holy Spirit told them, they wrote it down. And so what we're looking at is what a letter that Paul had wrote to the Galatian churches, and he's like, hey, this is what's going on, and this is what you need to change, and this is what's up, and this is what I reports I hear is going on among you guys, and, and he's taking care of some business. And so we're looking at what, what he says and how this applies to us today. And we, we, we looked before, and there's a couple things that we'll catch you up with if you've missed some of this. Number one is the covenant. Paul's talking about, hey, there's this group, and... Over and over he calls them the circumcised group because that's the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham in Genesis 17. And so if that comes up again today, this is what we're talking about. is There's the circumcision group and, and that was this group that said you've got to follow all these laws that, yeah, Jesus came and died for your sins, but good, now you've got to do all this stuff. And, and Paul's really trying to set this stuff straight in the church. And so he says this in Galatians chapter 1, I encourage you just to follow along. I'm reading from the NIV but whatever translation you've got will work just fine. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. You foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Before your very eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit that you're now trying to finish by means of the flesh? He says, look, you, you know, you, you came to Jesus because you believed what you heard, but now, all of a sudden, you're like, okay, but now I need to perform. Like, tell me what I need to do to make this right. Like, like check box A, check box B, C, what, what do I need to do? There's some people, there's some of you that, 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 that is, that's in you. You're like, I like to perform. I like, I like to know what to do. There's just this box. I want to check it. When that box is done, I should get rewarded for checking that box. I want a box check. And Paul's addressing some of these box checkers and he's like, no, don't finish by saying, okay, I'm going to try to just perform. No. You started in faith and now finish in faith. Verse 4, have you experienced so much in vain if it really is in vain? So I ask again, does God give his spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. He's like, look, it's, it's what we believe. You don't work for it. You don't work for it. Jesus did it all. And, and I say this every week that we've been in Galatians, it's Jesus did it all. It's Jesus, what Jesus did plus nothing, minus nothing. Jesus did it all. And Ephesians really opens this up a little bit more. So we're going to jump over to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. And he says, God saved you by his grace when you believed, not because of something you did or didn't do. And you can't take credit for it, for it's a gift from God, verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that you've done, so no one can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. You're saved for good works, not by... God's like, you're saved, now I've got some great things for you to do, but you don't perform in order to earn your salvation. It does not work. Verse 13, but now you have been united, we're still in Ephesians, we've united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near him through the blood of Jesus. It's what Jesus did. The Bible says there's, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. He says through his blood, for Christ himself has brought us peace. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us, and he did this by ending the system of the law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles and created in himself a new people from the groups. He says there was two, and now there's one. And why is that important? We're going we're to get to that in a little bit. We're going to go back to Galatians. Chapter 3, we'll go back to Galatians and pick up in verse 7. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Now that's a little like, okay, wait a second. Children of Abraham, what's going on? If you didn't grow up in church, you might not understand this. And if you did grow up in church, you still might not understand this. But Abraham is woven through this entire thing, this name Abraham. And we're gonna we're gonna kind of figure out a little bit why here as we keep going. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. Gentiles is anybody who wasn't a Jew. That's anybody who wasn't a Jew was considered a Gentile. Scripture foresaw that God would justify people who were not Jews by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you, so that those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Now, as a little kid in school, in church, we sang this song. and I didn't really understand why, but I just loved the song. And the song was this. Maybe some of you know it. It was, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, right arm, left arm, left arm. And then you would like dance around. And I just remember because I'd be and I'd always get in trouble. Say, so well, stop, because I'd be kicking the kids. I'd use it as an excuse. I'd kick people next to me and, and jump around like, what are you doing? And I had no idea what it meant, except when we sang the Father Abraham song, it just meant I got to kick somebody. Like, this is going to be fun. But what this is talking about is really laying the foundation that we understand why it is that we are considered. Children of father, father, why father Abraham? Who is this Abraham guy and what is going on? It's because what it says here in verse nine, through faith so that those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. That's where the promise began with a promise that God made with Abraham. Verse 10, for those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, it is written, cursed is anyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. The book of the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, all those laws, 613 laws, you got to do this, you can't do that. What You wake up, your kid does this, he doesn't do that. You got to bring them before the elders, and they don't like it, and you tell the elders, like this is one of them, you tell the elders, my son is disobedient and refuses to listen, and then they will take them out and they will stone them. We don't have to do that anymore. I am so glad. <laughs> like we don't, we don't do that. Okay, there's so 613 of these laws. We don't have to do that. Verse 11, clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. Verse 12, the law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, "Cursed is anyone who's hung on a pole. He redeemed us In order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. God's like, look, God is omniscient and omnipresent. He knows everything and he exists outside of time. Jesus, when Jesus was going to go to the cross, the Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, there's nothing really joyful about going to the cross and dying, except that Jesus was still fully God and fully man. And he was able to look through time and say, if I do this, if I sacrifice myself, what will happen? What will be? And he was able to look and to see you, to see me, and say for the joy, he looked at that and said, For the joy set before me, I will endure this. God made a promise to Abraham. And he said, through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. At that time, it was just for his descendants, his immediate descendants, which were the Jews. Every one of them can trace their lineage right back to Abraham, Isaac, The 12 patriarchs, the tribes, those were the Jews, and it started there. But Jesus came, and when he did, he said, I'm going to adopt you into this family. And so this promise that I made to Abraham is going to apply to my adopted children too. Because of what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to break the curse. I'll become a curse. I'll take the curse of all the law. I'll take that all on myself, he said. And as a result, they'll be able to live by faith and this blessing will go on them. So what is this blessing? What is this blessing? Well, in Genesis 12, verse 1, God's talking and it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, and go to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And then he says this. He says, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Part of the blessing is to be a blessing. I just love it. He says, and I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is God's promise to all believers. That's for you, and that's for me. When we talk about Abraham and the blessing that was on Abraham, that's for you and me. And then it goes on, and we find more of this blessing. God continues and blesses the children of Israel again in Deuteronomy. And this is Deuteronomy 28. And all these blessings shall come come upon you and shall overtake you. I love it, overtake you. Like, you're going to try to run? You can't even outrun these things. Here they come. They're going to overtake you. And he says, because you obey the voice of the Lord. And there you see the drawback into the law. He says, because you obey. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Verse three, here's this list of blessings. He says, Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you shall be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you, that your enemies who rise against you, to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way. And flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouse and to all which you set your hands. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself. Just as he swore to you, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you and the lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground in which the land the lord your god swore to your fathers and gave to you the lord will open to you his good treasures in heaven and give you the rain on your land in season to bless all the hands of your work all the work of your hands you shall lend to many nations and borrow from none and the lord will make you the head and not the tail you shall be above only and not beneath if you heed the commands of the lord your God, which I command you today, and be careful to observe them all. This is what he tells them. This is the blessing that was given to Abraham. And Paul's like, look, this blessing came if you followed the law. I understand the draw to the law. That's awesome. I read that, I get excited. I'm like, yeah, I'll take every bit of it. But what they had been so used to doing is, okay, well, we have to follow this, and we have to do exactly this, and okay, well, we made this wrong, and now we've got to sacrifice this animal, we've got to do it this way, and, got to eat. and Paul's like, no, Jesus did it all. The blessing is there for you and I through faith because of what Jesus did. So when we hear Abraham, we need to be thinking, wait a second, that applies to me. What God spoke to him through faith, God is speaking to you. He's speaking to me. So when the devil comes in, and wants to mess with your house, you're going to say, wait a second, no. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, not knowing the promises that God has made to you, through Abraham, to you and to I, well, you know, this is just kind of the way it is. Yeah, that's the way it is, but here's the deal. God made some promises, and God doesn't lie, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to resist the devil, and he's going to flee. I'm not just going to let the devil come into my finances. He's not going to come into my family. We are blessed to be a blessing. We're going to be a blessing to others. We're going to be able to do that. No, sickness is not coming in. No, I'm not going to accept it. We're going to resist the devil. He's going to flee. God made some promises, and those apply to you and to me. But if we don't know it, if we don't know it, it's like leaving the door unlocked. Anybody can walk in your house if the door's unlocked. We got home. Uh, this was several years ago. We got home, and my neighbor ran over from across the street, and she's like, hey, how are you guys doing? Like, we're good, we're good. She's like, did, did, were you expecting somebody to come by today? And I've, I've got a wonderful neighbor, but, like, she, she just sits out there, like, peeping through the shades. Like, anything that goes on, she knows, okay? She knows, she knows what's up. But she came over, and she's like, were you expecting someone today? And I'm like, well... Actually, I think my friend Todd was going to drop something off in the garage. And she's like, no, 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 not Molly and Todd. And I'm like, how do you know her name? That's pretty good. Like she takes it to a high level, okay? She's like, no, 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 that's not it. She goes, what happened is this. is She goes, a car drove by your house slowly and then turned around and came back. And then it parked up the street. Yeah, she saw all this. And then it parked up the street and this woman walked down the sidewalk and then directly across the street to your house and then walked around your house and I'm like oh you got my interest now and I'm like are you are you serious she's like oh yeah and then she went in your house and I'm like maybe I should lock my doors <laughs> and she's and I'm like what then she goes, well, I, knew, I just didn't know who she was so I just marched right out of my house and I went down to her car and I wrote down her license plate and then I started marching right back and she came running out of the house, ran up to me and said, have you seen my pug? And acted like she was looking for a dog but there's no, she would not be in your house and I don't know why she was in your house. And she goes, do you want that license plate? And I was like, yes, I do, absolutely. <laughs> if I don't lock the door... Anybody who thinks they're looking for a pug dog can walk right in my house, apparently. And it's the same thing spiritually. If we don't know where we stand, if we don't know the promises that God has promised us, the things that he's said, we will let the devil walk all over us. We'll leave the door unlocked and he'll walk right in. He'll bring sickness. He'll bring disease. He'll bring depression. He'll bring everything else messy in and we'll be like, oh yeah, well this is just part of life, isn't it? It's like, no, it doesn't need to be for you and I. Look at what God's promised. He said you will be blessed going in and out. Absolutely. We need to know this and stand out and be like, wait a second. I am not going to have this, we are not going to live like this, this house will be a house of peace, this is what we're going to do, absolutely not. Everybody else might have trouble with jobs, I'm not going to, I'm going to be blessed. Plain and simple, my business will be blessed because I'm in it. Plain, whether it's mine or not, remember I was uh, in high school, I was doing carpet and that's what kind of what I did in high school, I learned a trade which was installing carpet. And I started working for this guy, and he's like, I kind of want you to come and work for me like a day or two a week. He's like, I don't have a whole lot of work. I'm like, okay. And so I started working for him. And when I started working for him, he's like, well, you know, it was two, weeks, two days this last week, but can you do another day? You know, and it's just three, and it turned into like five. He's like, can you work Saturdays? I'm like, no, what's going on? It's supposed to be two days a week. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, he, goes, he goes, work is just coming out of everywhere. He's like, it's just just really picking up. He's like, this is weird. Leather guys don't have the jobs that I do. And I looked at him and I go, I can tell you why. And he goes, why? I said, you're blessed because God wants to bless me, but he's got to bless you to bless me. So you're blessed. (laughs) And he looked at me and he goes, okay, I don't care, but whatever. (laughs) And then a few days later, he's like, do you really believe that? I'm like, absolutely. If God wants to bless me, I'm like, I've never seen a money tree. I'm like, God's going to use the channels that he can in us. that if he wants to bless me, he's going to bless you with a job which blesses me. And I get to do this. And he's like, I like it. I like it. And then his wife wanted to talk. It was hilarious. But I'm like, oh, absolutely. We get to be a blessing. God's blessing is going to find us. Other people might be having trouble, but we're not going to. It's God, I know you're going to turn this around. We need to know what God's word says, and lock those doors and keep the devil out and the strange ladies looking for pubs. You just, you just keep it out. You just keep them out, all of them, all of them. Verse 15, let's jump back in here. Brothers and sisters, it says, let me make an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promise that was spoken to Abraham, and now we know why he's talking so much about Abraham, is because that promise is for you and for me. And why is this in your Bible? Is because this is for you, and this is for me. The promise was spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Now, Scripture does not say seeds, which mean many people, but one, and to your seed, who is Christ, verse 17. What I mean is this. The law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant. The covenant provision established by God, it does not thus do away with the promise. God's promise to Abraham was long before the law came in. Yeah, the law is there, but he says, Look, the law coming does not change the promise that was made hundreds of years before. Don't fall into it. The promise was already made and it is there. Verse 18. First, the inheritance depended on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God has given grace to Abraham through a promise. Through Abraham, that's you and I as well. Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. That's Christ. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one in a party, but God is one. You get in a contract, there's two of you. You do this, I don't do that. You do this, I'll do this. You make a promise and and, and my dad taught me growing up, he goes, contracts might say a whole lot of things. He said, the most important part of any contract is what happens when one side does not fulfill their duty. He's like, that's the important part. Forget whatever the promises are in that contract. The important part is what happens if you get it wrong. And the contract, the law, and all the things of what happens if we get it wrong, those were, those were bad. God's like, I tell you what, you get this wrong and you watch. I'll lift my hand from you and the is going to come and your seeds aren't going to work and your crops aren't going to come. He's like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But a promise, if I promise, then it's on me. If I make a promise to my kids, it's on me. Hey, yep, I'll take you hunting. We're going to go, up. this is what we're going to do. Yes, I'll get you this. Yes, we'll do this. I'll, I'll supply this. I'll make sure you've got clothes. It's on me. Even though they grow out of them, and even though they ruin the nice ones, and you're like really white, well, that's what you decide to wear, and even though you get them winter clothes and they want to wear the winter clothes in summer, and in the summer they want to wear, and in the winter they want to wear underwear and nothing but, and you're like you're freezing, and they want you to turn up the heat, and then they turn up the heat and you come in and it's 90, like what are you doing, I don't want to pay for that, and it's all that fun, but here's the deal, my promise is I'm going to take care of you guys, I'll take care of this i have to put a lock over the thermostat so my kids stop messing with it. We'll figure it out. I think before I'd put a lock on it, I'd find a way to electrify it. That'd just be fun. Ha-ha, <laughs> now I know who it was. That'd be, that'd be fun. I haven't thought of that before. Yeah, I have. I thought about how to do that. I don't know how to do it safely yet. But if I make the promise I'm going to take care of them, then that's on me. It's not dependent on what they do or don't do. I'm not like, wait a second, you wore the wrong clothes today. You've got to go naked tomorrow. Sorry. Like, No. God made the promise, and the promise is on him, and that's the power that we need to to understand about it, is that Jesus made a way for us to access the promise that God made to Abraham. It's through his son. He says, if you believe by faith, then so you are heirs to the promise. A contract has two sides. A promise is one, and it's dependent on God, who cannot lie. Verse 21 Is the law therefore opposed to the promise of God? No. For if the law had given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But Scripture's locked up everything under control of sin so that when what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. He's like, it's for those who believe. We get the promise that was made to Abraham for those who believe. It's what Jesus did. Romans 10:8 says this. The word is near you, it is in your mouth and heart, verse nine. And here's what it says, that if you confess with your mouth and believe, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is over all and is rich to all who call upon him. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's just that easy. It really, really is. And then he says, look, this promise that I made, it's not heaven. That's in there. But do you understand that that's, that's really, that's a part of it? But so much of the promise that he makes us for right now, it's not just like, okay, here's heaven. Like my promise is you're gonna, it's, just, it's just gonna be horrible and miserable and I'll see you in heaven. Like one day you'll get there, this will be great. No, the promise is, he says, you're gonna be blessed going in, you're gonna be blessed going out. Psalms 91, he says, ten. A 1,000 may fall at your left hand, 10,000 at your right hand, but it's not going to come near you. You're like, okay, I'll take it. And I'm like, left and right hand, if they're falling that close, I consider that near me. God's like, no, not really. But it's whoever calls on the name of the Lord. He made it so easy. But the promise is for now, but we need to live. We need to know what God's word has to say and say, take some authority. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you don't resist, is he going to run? No. If you leave the door open, strange ladies just open the door and walk in. And it was crazy. Because the only way that she could have known my neighbor was out is if she had walked all the way into my house and gotten into the living room and then looked out and seen my neighbor over there, you know, writing down the license plate number. And then she comes running back out like, oh no. So we get home and I go look in the house because I don't remember if I was getting ready to buy something or I had just bought, sold something, Craigslist, something that, but we had several hundred dollars on the counter. Um, we had Becca's uh, MacBook right there on the counter. We had, we had just money and stuff on the counter, which really isn't often the case, but it was that time. And she had to walk in and, and, and to, to do that, she had to walk in right past it. And we got back and it was all still there. And I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So sure enough, we call the police and we're like, hey, this is the number and this is what happened. And uh, so they, they run some stuff and they're like, um, well, the person that the car is registered to is not somebody you want around. That's all I can tell you. And I'm like, "Well, then why are you telling me that? Like, anyway, what am I supposed to do with that? Like I, I want to I I do something, and that, that doesn't help me at all. And They're like, well, we'll see, and then they, they showed up, and they showed a picture um, of who the car was registered to my neighbor, and she's like, yep, th- you know this is, this is it, and she identifies whose it is or however they do it. She's like, yep, we know who it is, and it was, a, it was, I don't remember the time, it was a little while later that we heard she was arrested in Byron Center for doing the same thing. She broke into somebody's house, and she was, um, she was saying, hey, I'm looking for my pug dog, and going into houses and stealing things. They found a bunch of stuff in her car. But she walks in my house. She walks by all kinds of stuff. She doesn't even see it. And I've got a neighbor who, yeah, she's a little bit nosy. She knows probably way too much of our business. But God's going to use her. And I believe with all of my heart that God closed her eyes to the things that she didn't need to see in our house. Absolutely. The promises that God has for you are not just heaven, it's for right now. The Bible says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. If any of you lacks wisdom, ask. God wants to give wisdom. You're wondering what to do with your business and the family. And okay, how, how should I handle this situation? And God's like, I want to help you in that. Part of my promise is to help you in this. I want to. But we need to ask. Say, God, I don't know what to do in this. And then there's the times that we think we do know. And let me just say, every time I know, I need to pray more. And like, The more sure I am, the more I'm like, okay, God, do you know something that I don't? But we need to ask. We're having trouble. Like, I don't know how, and I'm trying to raise my kids, and there's this, and, and I'm, the road they're heading down, and I don't like it, and it's going this direction, and God's like, ask. I want to help. He's like, ask. I, I, I want to. Ask and then just listen and be like, God, what is it? And God will speak to you. Maybe through your husband. You're like, no way. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. He uses people. But ask. And then be open to the ideas as God brings them. As he brings them to your mind, to your heart, through his spirit, as he speaks to you through people around you. Man, so often I ask questions and then it just happens that the podcast I'm listening to, the book I'm reading, whatever, just happens to answer that exact question. Man, so many times just lately, as Becca been telling me about the experience where she's working with something with the kids and trying to teach them and, and working with it and she's like, well, actually, I just read this. Hold on a second. And it's like, oh, and it's happened over and over and over with one in particular and they're like, How does all of these books know exactly what's going on in my life? I don't don't quite get this. But when we pray and we say, God, you said I'd be a blessing. God, you said you would give me wisdom. I need it. God, you said you'd rebuke the devourer. Okay, I need this. I need this in my family and I need it in my life. We need to know what God's word has to say and to stand on those promises. To not let the devil just walk in to lock those doors to keep them out and the way we do that the way we resist the devil the way we do that is with God's Word we don't just wish him gone we don't say God um, take care of this please God's given you the authority we resist the devil the same way Jesus did when Jesus was tempted Satan came to him and said you'll turn these stones into bread if you are the Son of God, do it. And Jesus looked at him and said, I'm God, go away. No, he didn't do that. He used the Word of God. He used Scripture just like you and I do. And he said to the devil, he said, no, for it is written, man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The devil tempts him again. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself off of, this, off of the temple because the Bible says that he will charge his angels concerning you, that you will not strike your foot against a stone. He said, go ahead and do it if you're the son of God. Don't worry about it. And the devil knew scripture. Don't ever let the devil know more scripture than you do. Because Jesus answered and he says, no, for it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. We need to know what God's word has to say and then stand on it boldly. And we resist the devil. We lock those doors by knowing the word of God. And being like, no. The Bible says that we will lay hands on the sick and they will recover, so that's what I'm going to do. My family is healed. No, my finances are blessed. I have a budget. But God, you, Satan, you cannot have your hands on them in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to. And God, you have to bless the company I work for, my company, whatever it is. You're going to do it. You're going to get it so that I can be that. So Satan, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And we say it. We use words just like he does. We say, Satan, you can't have my marriage. I can't control another person, but I choose today, God, to love them the way that you showed me to, And I will do my part no matter what they do or don't do. You make that decision. And you watch what happens. It's not up to somebody else. You do what you can like, God, I'm going to do this. You resist the devil, you kick him out, and you stand on the promises that God's given you. Because you are more than a conqueror. You're blessed going in, you're blessed going out. All of it. It's for you, it's for me. Let's stand on the promises that God has and let's do what he's called us to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As you're here, before we dismiss, I want to make sure that every one of you, you know where you stand with God. Because here's the deal, it's not something you earn, it's not something you do enough right, There's no like, well, one day I'll do that. No. Well, you know, when when the time's right, the time is right right now. It's a decision that you make. Just like we read what it said in Romans, that you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross, that that sacrifice that he made is for you. And you say, God, I want what you have. I want to be set free. I want to be adopted into your family. I want to begin... To live the life that you've called me to I want to be and do all you've called me to be and he washes away all that sin shame and guilt and you begin to walk and live out of it, live for him knowing that one day we'll spend eternity in heaven with him if that's you and today is your day I'd love to lead you in a prayer right in your seat when we say amen you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begin to walk out a relationship with him whether you're in this room or online, if that's you, then at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand. And then I'll lead you in a prayer. we I'll just pray it together right in your seat. And when we say amen, you can know exactly where you stand with God and begin to walk out that relationship with him. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift it up and say, that's me. And today is my day. Awesome. Awesome. All right, hands down. And let's just all pray this together with those that lifted your hands. Those that lifted your hands, as you say these words, make them your own. But let's pray together out loud. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today, I give you my life. I give you all that I am. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. In Jesus' name, amen.